this week on Jesus Center Stage is Elsie in the Arctic Circle. And why do we do the things we do? Have we listened to what the Apostle Paul said and examined ourselves? All right, here we are. Uh, a new week, a good, cool week. Freezing. Um, and that's what I'm going to start with as, as we get this podcast underway is what I'm looking at across the table from me <laughs> right now. Um, would you like to describe it? <laughs> it's cold in here. You'll probably describe it better than I will. Uh, mine might be <laughs> I have a, a hoodie biased. on, okay? I have a hoodie on and a blanket and slippers because it's cold. I don't even think that's considered a hoodie. It um, is a hoodie. It's a little, it's a fluffy hoodie. It's, yeah. Look, it's got a hood on it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what. Don't you dare. I am. I'm taking a picture right now. Don't. If you'll go to our Facebook when this po- this po- podcast this is, is open. This is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking pictures just so you can see what I'm looking at here. <laughs> uh, That's not now, okay. When you see the picture, um, and we'll put that on, on Facebook as part of our uh, promoting of this podcast, you're going to think that we've recorded outside uh inside the arctic circle <laughs> and that um that's what you're seeing right <laughs> it's cold in here um yeah and, and just so you know uh, let me describe it now you have a fleece uh blanket that is lined with wool or at least a no, wool that's imitation that's fleece it's all fleece okay it's uh, like it's, Sherpa it's, on one side. That's it's Sherpa. It's extra thick, whatever it is. It's not your typical, I'm going to buy one at Walmart, little fleece blanket. Then you have on, on top of your regular clothes, you have on some form of a fluffy hoodie that looks like a hoodie on uh, steroids there that just kept growing and growing and growing. And then you have the hood on. With the strings pulled tight. <laughs> well, because my ears were cold, too. <laughs> All of this because it's like 68 degrees in here right now. It's colder than that. I don't know. It's going to be pretty close. Anyways, besides freezing to death, um, how's your week been? Great. Other than freezing to death. Yeah. Well, it ain't really gotten cold yet. And, of course, I'm looking very forward to it because last year I went, um, I went up north hunting and the whole week I was up there, it was it was in the high seventies, low eighties. Sounds wonderful. Not for hunting, it's not. Um, and it was just not a good. At least good you don't time. get frostbite. No, no, but you you sweat like crazy. That's better. Everywhere you go, but uh, yeah, this week it's looking like the highs are going to be in the low fifties and even upper forties. That's so cold. That is good for me. I'm That's excited very cold. about that. Um, I will stay bundled up down here while you go up there and okay. hunt. All right. We're still, <laughs> um, I guess, slightly fired up from the Dove Awards. We talked about a lot last week on the podcast. But uh, after the after they aired it on TBN that, on last Friday, uh, then I start, they started putting stuff on Facebook then because they didn't want to. Um, they didn't want anybody to have spoiler alerts. Yeah, they didn't want to let the secrets out of who won before. So after that, so about the time I kind of thought, okay, you know, uh, my mind was on other things. Uh, every day they've posted a performance or a picture or, you know, a meme or something. Yeah. 
and uh, of course uh, I take a look at that so um, other than that it's kind of been a slow week really I mean well I say slow we both been getting ready you're taking a, a long trip to the northwest and I'm taking a, nor- a good trip to the north and to the east not the northwest but north and to the west to the west of you but not the northwest yes yes it's not really that far y'all he's making it sound like way worse than it is how far are you driving like six hours five and a half hours six hours okay well that's a pretty good ways now anyways so yeah that's what we've uh we ain't done a whole lot this weekend but we've or this week but we've been busy trying to get everything in order we finally went out on a date we went on a date yeah wow did you forget already married people go on <laughs> dates <laughs> every once in a while yeah when, when you find a gift card you forgot you had <laughs> that's right <laughs> yes we did and and we had a, a really good time had a good steak and uh, mine was better yeah and then we went by sonic on the way home and you got a mocha crunch blast and y'all if you haven't had one shout out to sonic go try mm-hmm. it it was so yes. so good and if you in any way affiliated with sonic know that we just gave free advertising and we will take free blast yes as payment <laughs> <laughs> yes that thing i saw a commercial for it and it looked so good and so when we went to sonic i was like i've got to have one yeah. and it's it literally is like the best ice cream you know you have, like it's even better than the mocha frappe from mcdonald's yeah. and that's like one of my favorite things I was fixing to say, McDonald's has the McFlurry, uh, Sonic has the Blast, which is basically the same things, but I think I'll... Dairy Queen has a Blizzard. Yeah, yeah. Now, those are pretty good. Um, I do think I like Sonic's best, I believe. I never get McFlurries. I always, if I get ice cream at McDonald's, I either get a Sunday, just because it's really good ice cream, mm-hmm. or I get the mocha frappe. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the the black or the mcflurries um but like i said i kind of think i like the sonic better and at sonic they don't have chocolate ice cream but you mm-hmm. can get them to put chocolate syrup in it and mix it up and make it i'm pretty sure that's how flavor. you always make chocolate ice cream mm, but a lot of it comes that way this is way different get a milkshake that's uh you can do it at baskin robbins we're talking a lot of a lot of sweets here. <laughs> Hope y'all uh, are on a diet this week. <laughs> yeah. At Baskin Robbins you can get a chocolate milkshake made with chocolate ice cream, or you can get a chocolate milkshake made with vanilla ice cream and chocolate syrup in it, and there's a huge difference. Well, I'm sure because the chocolate tastes different. But while we're talking about specialty ice creams, I saw on a McDonald's sign that they have a pumpkin spice latte. Naturally. Everything's got to be pumpkin spice. That I'm going to get one. Okay. I had pumpkin spice donut holes today. I'm fixing to make breaking news here. I'm probably not getting pumpkin spice. I'm not even going to ask you to share. They are mine. Pumpkin is mine. And you're gearing up because you're going to eat Japanese food for like a whole week. Yes, (laughs) I am. Everything Japanese and pumpkin spice <laughs> for a whole week. Just don't mix them together. And lots of no, ooh, that gross. That sounds like it'd be terrible. That would be gross. And yes. a lot of Hallmark movies. Yeah, for those of you don't <laughs> who don't know, I do not like Japanese, and she does. You don't like anything, basically. True, but yeah, Japanese food is not. Uh, you know, some of the other stuff I don't like, I can deal with. 
Japanese is pretty tough. I don't know on how me. you cannot like hibachi. Like it's yeah. like the best food ever. So when I'm gone uh, on a hunting trip or a fishing trip, then I know. I eat all things I know Japanese. That, you know, little blue cars pulling in over there at the Japanese restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe more than once. Uh, oh yeah, no doubt, <laughs> no doubt. And I encourage it. Get it all out of your system before I get back, and then we we'll go to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I like Cracker Barrel too. It's just not like. Yeah. They just don't have Japanese. And, and you you do get Soho from time to time. I've even went and picked it up. You have. Yes. You've even made it for me. I have. I have. I think on yes. two occasions. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we ready to get into the podcast? You got any other? No, we've probably ruined people's diets we'll enough. Probably have. <laughs> we probably yeah. should move on. Yeah. Uh, just a quick <laughs> shout out real quick to the audaciously unpopular podcast. What was this week's podcast about? Quiet Conversations. Which means? Um, listening f- to God and for God mm-hmm. in the in the middle of the chaos. Yeah. Thinking about how much he, like, there's so many sounds going on in heaven, and he yet hears us. So we should reciprocate that to to quiet the things around us to hear him. Yeah. Because it's not always a thunder. It's not always a neon sign. Sometimes it's quiet. No, and that's what that's what people look for more often. And, and to be honest with you, you know, we're... That's uh, what I look for we, 99% yeah, we, of the we've time. We've talked a lot about, uh, you know, looking for a new church and those kinds of things. And I do find myself looking for God to to reach down and pick me up by the back of my neck and You probably me. shouldn't say that. I probably shouldn't. <laughs> He's about yeah. to get you. <laughs> <laughs> He's about to get you. But that's that's how big of a sign. And I'm not even going to feel sorry for you I when find, it happens. That I find, if you see me get picked up and fly <laughs> through the air, don't feel sorry for me. Because I know I'm being touched by the hand of God. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, uh, I mean, that's the kind of sign that, that I think I look for because, you know, we're going in a church and and, and th- this part is good, but this part we, you know, are not sure about. And, and it's, it's you know, a lot of moving parts going on. And, and there's there's some churches we've went to that, that we have enjoyed. and um, But I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I, I just want that big sign. I want... You know, God to lift me up yeah. and fly me through the air and just place me in the pew right here in this church, and then I'll say, "I have I'm no, sp- I have no doubt this is where I'm yeah. supposed to be now." Um, but yeah, I, I did. I listened to uh, Audaciously Unpopular on Monday when it dropped at seven a.m. I didn't listen then, <laughs> but it dropped, and and that was kind of what I was. You know, my take on it is in my my life, my personal uh, experience. Is that uh, that's what that's what I do oftentimes, um, and in in what we're this stage of our life that we're in right now, I'm looking for that big flashing neon sign. Mm-hmm. Sky riding uh, would be acceptable. It would. It would. You just know, have to remember to look up a speakerphone or something. You know, that would be my. That would be me. They would be in sky riding, but I'd be busy and not ever look up there, <laughs> and then it would just kind of blow away. That's so sad. <laughs> that is so God's sad. God's up there thinking, "Come on, really? I give you the sky riding." But, Sometimes uh, I think he he does give us like 
obvious things and it just takes us a little while to catch up yeah like and then when we look back we're like oh that well he was probably trying to tell me that then yeah it makes no wasn't paying attention exactly yeah so um but yeah that's a good good podcast this week over there and um encourage everybody to go check that out quiet conversations and that was the fifth sixth episode um yeah so what do we got on the on the docket today something about church we're gonna talk about church that's what you said jesus at the center um yeah yeah sorry i was getting my phone over here because i want to look up a scripture here in just a minute um no i was just thinking uh this week a couple of circumstances kind of came up that just kind of had me thinking of things that we do um in in (laughs) church and in in our you know our, our worship i guess you could say and in our spiritual lives and how often i think we do them um what's the word i'm looking for out of habit well out of habit but we do them i mean it might not be a habit because it might be the first time you've you've done that whether it be the raising you know raising your hands because it's expected i don't know this was your topic and you can't even say it well it's because (laughs) it's so um it's so deep of a topic um no i'm little things like we raise our hands in church when we're praising why do we do that why why do you do that um um you you go you might go to a, an altar to this to a certain place at the altar i like the quarters yeah. why why do we do that if if you might be in a church someone you know especially a smaller church uh they might ask you if you want, would like to sing a song so you get up and, and you sing your song but do you ever put thought into that? I mean, why? 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 What was the, my purpose? What was my mission of doing this? Why did I raise my hand when I was praising? Why did I raise both hands instead of just one on this day and not the other day? I know I'm getting really deep in this, but I'm just trying to throw things out there because this topic would be easy to be looked at like... Um, like we're saying, why would you do that? Like you're doing something wrong. Why? No, that's not what we're. I'm talking about here. My, my thoughts are, do we take time to to look at the most simplest things in our worship, in our in our Bible study? Uh, you know, some people highlight, some people don't. There's all kind of different things, but do 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 we take time to examine ourselves as to why reasons. is it what what's our purpose behind that is it growing us are we uh are we doing it as you say well go out of habit um well, I think because somebody told us that's the right way to do it yeah because just like like some people were taught you highlight and you underline and you write in your bible and some people were taught the complete opposite don't ever do that don't ever make marks in your bible mm-hmm so obviously this is not a matter of right and wrong it's just why do you do it yeah do you have a purpose other than well somebody told me to do that or somebody told me not to do that but is there is there has to be some kind of personal reason to this because anything in our walk with god can't rely on what somebody else said 
or how somebody else related to him or how somebody else studied their Bible. This you, you can't go to heaven on somebody else's experience. There has to be a personal why to the way we worship, the way we study, the way we pray. There has to be a personal investment in those things. Yeah. And not just because somebody else said to do it this way or because that's the way my grandpa always did it or, mm-hmm. you know, insert whoever in that blank because yeah. they always did it that way. And you think, too, I mean, we've been to a lot of churches recently and you kind of can see that, like, you go into one church and and they're they're doing they're doing something similar that you didn't see at the church the other church yeah and, Col- and I church think, cultures are very different yeah and and i think a lot of that is because you know sister margaret on the fifth row is is raising her hands so brother joe on the eighth row can see her doing that well then he just kind of does it and you develop a culture <laughs> through your church. So what my question is now, if I'm Brother Joe, have I examined? What What is it in me? Am I doing it because, because it's coming from my heart, or am I doing it just because it's expected, or am I doing it just because I'm doing it and there's really no reason? Yeah, I wanted to fit in. And what, Yeah, I yeah. wanted to fit in. And that's, like you said, we've been to a lot of churches lately. That is something that we've noticed from church to church is the worship culture mm-hmm. one church can there's lots of people raising their hands and another church there's like nobody raising their hand yeah and one church they're I'm kneeling a hand, i'm a hand raiser by the way they're kneeling to pray and another church they're grouping they group up at the altar at the front to pray and another church they stay in their pews to pray and another church, they go to the altar to pray or they find their own, you know, mm-hmm. wherever around the building. You know, so it's just, it's not that there's a set way or that somebody's doing it wrong. It's just the examination of personal, personal reason yeah. of why do I do this. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm fixing to go off a rabbit trail right here. N- this is not, this is not 100%, but I would, this just came to my mind. Not not one hundred percent, but I think we've noticed too that if you walk into a church and right off the bat somebody is really friendly to you, most of the other people in there are too. This is true. And if you go in and you kind of stand around, find your seat, and it's kind of slow to have anybody come mm-hmm. over to welcome you or whatever, then chances are nobody else is coming over. Now, like I said, that that's not a hundred because I can think of one church that we we talked about recently there's four people that are friendly (laughs) and and the other people are not that it's not that they're not friendly they're just just not they just operate in their own little world yeah and and you know so but yeah that's that's even even deeper thoughts i guess of how church cultures can develop is if when you when you step foot in that door if if a brother or a sister comes over and meets you right away there's usually going to be more than, more yeah. than that coming. Um, yep. And what develops that? I don't know because everybody in there has got a, their own personalities and, I, and ways to go. I think it's go. just, I don't know. I mean, culture develops because people are comfortable 
with that certain thing. Mm -hmm. They grow accustomed to it. That's just the way, I mean, that's what culture is made out of, is things you're accustomed to, traditions that you're accustomed to. And I think that maybe that's just how church culture develops, is it it just becomes the things that people are accustomed to. Mm -hmm. And instead of, like we're talking about today, instead of getting those individual perspectives and those reasons for why I'm doing this, they just, we we just fit in with the culture of that church. And so if nobody is being, if nobody in that church, if the culture of the church is not that outgoing, meet them at the door, greet them three times, you know, culture, then I'm not going to step out of my comfort zone and do that. Yeah. Because why would I? Nobody else mm-hmm. is doing it. So there's no... I'm just doing what everybody does and doing what the majority does instead of looking for that personal reason. And I think the same thing goes with worship. If, I, if I'm in a church where they all raise their hands, well, now I feel comfortable to do that. Mm-hmm. But if I'm in a church that they don't, then I'm not going to because now I feel like I'm going to stand out. And so it, it becomes the, I want to blend with the majority instead of this is who I am and this is why I do what I do. Yeah. I worship and this is how I worship, regardless of who I'm around. And I'll just be honest with you, I struggle with that, personally, yeah. of of both with prayer and with worship, because I tend to get super emotional, and I have an ugly cry face. So there's that. There's that. And, and so I tend to be very <laughs> self-conscious. Wait, wait, that was my, my cue. I was supposed to go, no, it ain't. Yeah, you missed that. Um, we all know it's an ugly cry face. But I'm just saying, there's, I have that tendency to hold back if there's not somebody else mm-hmm. that goes into that. You know, if there's not somebody yeah. else going into that place, then I'm like, well, I'm not going to see my ugly well, cry face today. Yeah, and I can say, uh, I mean, you, we've been in church together long enough that I, I do find myself when when the preacher says something that that speaks to me i'll say amen or you know hallelujah or something along those lines but if we're visiting a church it's much harder yeah if nobody else has had and, and i don't believe at all in being disruptive but if the preacher says something that speaks to me i don't think saying amen and and then being quiet is yeah. disruptive but if nobody else is as even, long as you're not talking whole paragraphs yeah we've heard that happen <laughs> yeah <laughs> i've had to preach through whole paragraphs this is true um, you have but um yeah it is until someone else does it so i guess that is a way that cultures kind of get started in, within the church is i'm over there thinking amen to that hallelujah to that you're right on that but i'm not going to let it out Unless, because nobody else. Yeah, but does. if somebody else says amen, then I'm gonna follow up because the, now I, I think okay, this is you know. And see, I wonder. I'm not what, gonna say that. And everybody turn around and look at I me. I wonder <laughs> what we're missing when we hold back like that because we yeah. could we could be it could be edifying to somebody, it could be encouraging to somebody if we would worship for our own personal reason to worship. Mm-hmm. And not because somebody is or isn't doing that thing that we feel led to do. If we feel led to raise our hands, and that's how we worship, and that's how we give glory to God, but we hold back because we're not comfortable here. Yeah. And I think that's the way too. And I, I know this is steering off the topic, but 
I think that's a way, too, that we make worship about ourselves and we make church experience about ourselves instead of God. Mm-hmm. And and this is, I didn't know we were going here, but again, honesty here, this has been a struggle for me with visiting different churches because I have struggled with making it feel about, like making it about myself. And if I feel comfortable here instead of, God is here just like he is in any other church mm-hmm. and he still deserves worship just like he does anywhere else in church or outside of church. And, but I think that it, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it's not just me. I think it's just human nature that we want to fit in yeah. and we want to feel comfortable. But honestly, that's not, it's not a good personal why no, to it, do what it, we do or to not do it. It's not. And once again, raising hands or not saying amen saying not there's not a right or a wrong way no. to do that if you're doing it you know in praise so we're not saying that uh, it's just asking ourselves why and 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 what is this about to me mm-hmm. um a verse that i use a lot and i know it, it's it's in a in a, a different context but i think it encompasses this thought is in Second Corinthians 13 and verse 5 where Paul says examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith prove your own selves know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you except ye be reprobates but that examine yourselves and he's talking about whether you be in the faith and um, do you not know your own selves but I think I think we can apply that in, in this circumstance too to exa- that we need to examine ourselves and say, you know, every day I'm gonna take it another place we hadn't even thought about uh, our our Bible reading, our daily Bible reading. Do examine yourself on that. Why why did I read my Bible today? Because I desired God's word. Uh, because I feel guilty if I don't. Mm-hmm. Because my husband or my wife will think that I'm backsliding if I don't, you know. There's a lot of reasons to do it. Are we, are we doing it because it, it's it's God's letter to us, and we we, we want to, want read, to it. read it every day, or is there an alter alter? Yeah, say that word. <laughs> Ulterior or alternative? I'm not sure which one you're going. We'll for. go with with both. Um, is there another reason why I'm I'm reading my Bible? And I think it's those kinds of things, too, that we can do without really being conscious of it until we examine ourselves of what's, what's, my, what's my true praise like? What's my true worship like? What's my true walk with God like? Is it because other people are expecting me? You know, I, I was what? going to the Ooh. men's group. Let, let me wait, finish this real wait. quick. Mm, I was I'm going to, to <laughs> I was going to the men's group and we had a memory verse every week which I really enjoyed um and and you know it's been several weeks now since we learned the first one but I can still remember them and I think that's wonderful but during that week I Did re- you just brag on yourself? <laughs> no, I said the verses are wonderful. No, you said I can still remember them, and I think that's wonderful. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's what you said. <laughs> ever, if anybody, anybody that knows my memory should think that it's wonderful. <laughs> um, no, but 
you know, I would read those verses over and over and over and over during that week. My sole purpose of that, though, was to memorize it. So when I went back to the men's study, I, I had it remembered because that's what they had asked us to do. That, that in itself is a perfectly fine thing to do as long as within myself I know I'm reading this so I can memorize it so when I go back to the men's meeting, I've, you know, I'm prepared. But if I get it in my head, well, I'm reading my Bible every day because I love God so much. Well, no, I'm, I, I'm not doing it. Re- reading your Bible for any reason is not bad, but I just need to know why I'm doing it. Now, when, right. I, when I sit down and I, I read my memory verse a few times and then I flip over and read a chapter out of Romans or Hebrews, then I'm reading the Bible because I wanted to and because I, it's God's Word. And there's two different reasons why I was doing it, but neither neither one of them are wrong. But I just I don't want to fool myself into thinking that I'm somewhere spiritually that I'm not because I haven't examined those things and tie that into our our ways of worship. Now that little burning comment you had or question, go uh, for it. I was just we were talking about prayer and worship and Bible study and all of that stuff. But what would just this thought of what would my Christianity look like if how much I wanted God governed everything I did? Mm-hmm. If instead of to appear spiritual or to just because I've always done it or I feel guilty if I don't, it's my duty to do this. Um, all of those other reasons, other people expect it. This is what my mom taught me to do. This is how my grandma did it. All of those other reasons, what would our Christianity look like if it was simply governed by how much I want God? Yeah. Like, that was the only reason I did what I did. It's the only reason I picked up my Bible. It's the only reason that I spent some quiet time in the closet with God. It's the only reason not to get something, not to prove that I'm spiritual, not to keep up a tradition or keep up appearances. But the only reason that I showed up at church, the only reason I went to the altar, the only reason that I raised my hands was because of how much I want God. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's self-examination. And, and think, as you were saying, I was just kind of going back in my mind thinking the number of times at the end of service the preacher gets done preaching and he says these altars are open and... And I've gotten up and went to the altar. And I think if I was just being very, very truthful and I went back over my whole life and my whole church life and the number of times I've gotten up at that point and went to the altar, what percentage of it is because I I felt convicted by the message, there was something going on, you know, between me and God, and I just said, I'm going to that altar and I want to talk. What percentage was that or what percentage was, well, the preacher just said, come to the altar. And there's five other people going, so I'm going to go because it's that time of the service. You know, most services, you're going to start, you got some music, and then you go into the preaching, and then at the end there's an altar call or the altars are open. So what percentage of time do, I mean, I'm not saying when the preacher says, you know, the altars are open, y'all come on and find your place to pray. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. You're at the altar praying. But if he hadn't have, would you still go? You know, is that are yeah. you there because of that reason? So 
Yeah, and I think, I mean, it can it can be on the opposite too. Is how many times did you not go when you felt mm-hmm. like you could or should or would, but you didn't because nobody else was going. Yeah. And again, that's we're we're basing our actions on what somebody else does instead mm-hmm. of that personal why. And again, if we would if we would stay true to our personal why. I'm going even if nobody else does because I want God or I'm going because I got to get something off my chest even if nobody else does. Mm -hmm. If we stick with that, God can use that to encourage somebody else to go to the altar. Yeah. Or or to look at their own personal reasons for doing stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I get asked, and this is not church related, but I get asked why I dress the way I do or why I have such long hair. And I remember having to get to that personal why of why do I do this? Because, yes, it was something that I was taught, but I had to reach past that. Because if I was only doing it because it was something I was taught to do, that's not a reason for me to keep doing it. Yeah, that's not that's not a good enough reason. And I had to find my own personal why. And I think whether it's your your dress, your your relationships, your worship your prayer or whatever it has to be your personal why you have to have Mm -hmm. a reason with you and god because otherwise it's not going to stick no no like if you if you try to do something because it's it's what's expected or because Mm -hmm. you feel guilty you're you're gonna it's always gonna be a struggle and it's always gonna be a fight deep down subliminally maybe would be the word you'll always be looking for a way to cut that corner, to to yes. change, and, to do and, something different and not yeah. feel guilty you, about it. You mentioned the way you dress, uh, the way you wear your hair, and there's you know a lot of churches that have kind of not dress codes but dress standards, and and they and they preach and teach those kinds of things. But there's a lot of people, whether it be family, whether it be church family, they was raised. This is how you dress. This is how you. Um, you know, wear your hair. This is the way you act. But then somewhere along the way, the 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 family changes, or the church starts to to change, and then you find yourself as one of the only ones still dressing this way, or mm-hmm. you're wearing your hair this way. And if it's not a personal conviction, then you're going to change along with whatever right. you know. You're going to go with with whatever is is the new thing. Um, but when you're doing it because, like you said, you came to a, a place where your personal convictions became aware, uh, noticeable to you and, and so forth. Well, now everything around you can change. The, the church can change. The environment can change. The family can change. The friends can change. And everybody else goes to, to wearing robes. Whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's awkward. Yeah. Uh, whatever, you know, just something really different. Wait, are they like plush, like from the hotel? They could be uh, fleece robes. Oh, that sounds yeah. nice. I no. might join that movement. <laughs> no, but everybody else could go to wearing, you know, whatever it might be, uh, in, you know, shorts to church or tank tops or I'm just going, you know, way out there. But if, if you're convicted by your own personal conviction in your own personal relationship with God, then you dress the way you dress because that's what you, you think he wants from you, not nothing else. 
that's what self-examination mm-hmm. will do for us is I'm raising my hands or I'm reading my Bible or I'm going to the altar even when everybody else goes the other direction because the, what I'm doing, I'm doing it because of God, not, yeah. not, not for no and other this, reason. This self-examination we're talking about, this is not a a ploy to look at your life and any of the traditions or the things that you've been taught and just throw them out the window. Oh, absolutely because not. At, at a lot initial, of traditions are traditions because they work. Well, not only that, but you you can before you throw anything out the window examine yourself mm-hmm. and pray over it and seek god over it because it may be that something that you do out of tradition is something you need to keep doing but Absolutely. you need to have your own reason for it yeah so don't don't look at this as like oh well i can just throw all this out the window i don't have to do this anymore mm-hmm. i don't have to act like this anymore i don't have to dress like this anymore we're not saying that we're saying get your own reason for it Don't do it because somebody else said it. Don't attend that church because somebody else told you to. Or don't don't pray like that because somebody else instructed you to. But get your own personal reason. And and it may take you a couple weeks of study. It may take you a long time praying to to get to the bottom of what God expects of you and what your personal why for doing something. And you may keep some of those traditions and you may keep some of those things that you've been taught but then you will have your own answer for it yeah. there's a the one verse that that made me examine a lot of my a lot of the things that I was taught growing up was in I think it's in uh second Peter that says to be ready to give an answer to every man that asks of you the reason of the hope that is in you mm-hmm. that verse if you don't know your own reason, you can't be ready. Absolutely. And somebody's going to ask you. They're going to ask you why you look like that, why you act like that, why are you kind when nobody else is, why are you so happy? They're going to ask you something. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't got your own personal why, then you can't answer them. There's yeah. there's nothing to, I mean, you can say what somebody else has said, mm-hmm. but there's not that personal experience there. So whatever whatever you're used to doing we're not saying that's right we're not saying it's wrong we're saying examine yourself yeah and find your own personal why in in the most simplest of things i know we kind of started this out with talking about raising hands during your worship or raising hands during a church service or saying amen at a certain time when when something you know speaks to you something just that simple is uh, as you said don't I'm, I'm I'm not planning on changing that, but I just want to always know why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not you know not just that I open my mouth and it comes out uh, out of reflex, but I want to know why I'm doing Be it. Be conscious of it. Exactly. So, all right. Well, that's uh, that went by really quick. Um, and check us out on Facebook, Jesus Center Stage, on Facebook. Uh, you will see the Eskimo picture. Um, oh my goodness! Connected this to again. this podcast, I'm going to get hold of your phone and delete everything. No, don't, because now um, my promise to put that on there would be no good. But I can also promise to delete it. So there's that. All right, before we, before this turns into a a, <laughs> a war here, um, yeah, just check it out. Keep Jesus center stage in your life.